and welcome to the Seeker Podcast at Service of Change, where we challenge reality, question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, just by going to serviceofchange.com slash I am human. All you need to do is subscribe to the Seeker Newsletter, but if you're not convinced, you can read the first three chapters, no obligation, no email whatsoever. Uh, you know, and make your make up your mind. Then, if you're not hooked at that point, uh, you know, obviously you you don't have to continue reading. You don't need to put in your email address. But that's all I'm asking for is an email address because I'm just trying to keep in touch with my readers because it's the best way for me to communicate with all of you out there. Uh, been a been a rough week for me, and so you can hear it in my voice. And uh, after what just happened over the last 20 minutes, uh, I'm convinced. <laughs> There's there's something in the universe that's just that's just screwing with me this week, uh, and it's really kicking my butt. Um, and, and I don't usually go there. I don't usually say ah something's messing with me, but uh, I I don't think it wants me to record this podcast. And, and you listen to anybody that talks about the archons, <clears throat> which is the theme of my books. And you know I've listened to quite a few podcasts where they say you know. Whenever we get on the air, or whenever we have a guest on that talks about archons, our technology starts going haywire. They say, you know, we have calls that are dropped for no reason, computers freeze up, just weird stuff starts to happen. And I try not to buy into that because I believe consciously we have a defense against these things. But I'm in a weakened state this week, I'll talk about that in a minute, but I started recording the show. I came down here, and I, I, have, I have so much work to do tonight. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take just 20 minutes and just record the show. I won't write up the show notes. I won't convert the video. I won't convert the audio. I won't you know, start doing all that other work that I do. Let me just get to the show recorded because I have to release it two days from now. It's, it's Wednesday night. So I turn on my computer, and my computer is, is, is all jacked up. It, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It was frozen. So I had to reset the computer. For whatever reason, it took 10 minutes for my computer to turn back on and upload. Okay, problem number one. Now I'm even more tired because I've had a long day and I still have work to do. So I say, okay, that's fine. Let me get QuickTime up because I record, I'm doing the video casts now. So I turn on QuickTime. I open it up and what does it say? Camera not found. It's basically a brand new computer. This computer is not even a year old. What do you mean camera not found? I just used it yesterday. So I have to reset the computer again, 
and wait for everything to load up. I finally get it loaded. And I go and I get into the show. And I get I start going through my show. Awesome show. It was a great show, which I just recorded 15, five minutes ago. I just finished recording it. Had a major coughing fit in the middle of it. As you can hear, my voice is, is now it's pretty much done because I just did a whole show about ancient civilizations uh, and forbidden knowledge, and it just fried my voice. So it's done, and I go to check the show just to make sure everything recorded okay, and there's no audio. Now, before every show, I do a, a mic check. I check my audio. I'm looking right now at my screen. I can see the audio bars vibrating back and forth. So I check them, ready to go. I start recording the show. Well, after the show's over, there's zero audio. So you see me just blabbing the whole time with no voice coming out. I check my wire on my mic. You know, I have a little uh, microphone uh, switch on my wire. Somehow that switch got pushed to the mute button as soon as I started the show. I don't know how it happened. I'm not saying a ghost came in here and did it. I don't know how it happened, though. I did a mic check before the show started. So it totally just screwed me up. And now I'm doing the show again. You know why? Because you're not going to beat me. I've got important stuff to say. I've got important stuff to talk about. And I don't care if I have another coffin fit in the middle of the show. I'll edit it out. I don't care if you shut down my computer again. I'll bring it back up. All right. I know. I'm starting to sound like a crazy man. <clears throat> and maybe I am. It's been a rough week, man. It's been a rough week. Uh, you know, lot, lots uh, lots, going on. I got sick. Um, you know, my kids were sick earlier in the week or last week. And, uh, you know, coughing and sneezing in my face, probably in my mouth and stuff, which, which happens when you have small children, as you know. And it was the same time that I just ran out of my homemade medicine. I make my own, um, you know, all-natural um, medicine that I take. I take a tablespoon of it every day. And uh, I recommend you do it, but it's nasty. It's, uh, you know, I, I mince up garlic, ginger, turmeric, apple cider vinegar, cayenne pepper, um, and jalapeno pepper. And I, I blend that all up into a liquid. And I just take a tablespoon every morning. And when someone's sick in my house and I start to feel symptoms, I'll take it three, four, five times a day. Burns the whole way down, but it clears the sinuses. And it's worked for me. When my family gets sick and I'm taking this stuff, I don't get it. Or I get just a minor touch of it. And this time... I wasn't taking my stuff because I ran out of it and I had to make more of it. And uh, the virus, it, it kicked my butt this week. It really did. I'm done complaining. I'm sorry. That's not my that's not my norm. Uh, I, I complain because it's relevant to the stuff I talk about on the show. So hopefully you haven't tuned me out at this point. Let me jump into what I want to talk about <clears throat> again for the second time. Ancient knowledge, you know, or forbidden history, forbidden archaeology. There's a lot of different ways that it's been referred to. Um, you know, in, in recent times. And if you haven't done so already, go to servicetochange.com and check out the article I just put up there. It's called Five Books About Ancient Knowledge That Could Change the World. But really, I, you know, I wish I would have titled it Five Books About Ancient Knowledge That Completely Rewrite History. Some of you are well-versed in this subject. Some of you, this might be new for you. <clears throat> I remember years ago, I, I watched a uh, YouTube video about Lemuria. And Lemuria is, you know, basically the Atlantis in the Pacific, uh, you know, on the Pacific side, uh, you know, a, a continent with an advanced civilization that was just completely lost. But you've heard, most people have heard the story of Atlantis. It was an advanced society that disappeared. Plato, I think, is credited with being the first one to talk about it. Modern 
day anyway. And uh, since then, a lot more evidence has come out. But it's so easily and readily dismissed that as being you know, made up or, or a myth or some kind of lore or some kind of fairy tale. Well, these books that I have compiled, you know, that I have there, and just books that I've read, tell a whole different story with, with very compelling evidence. They're not just someone's theory. They're not just saying, hey, my grandma once told me this story about, you know, I, Graham Hancock, Magicians of the Gods. I talk about that book a lot. You know, he meticulously dissects evidence. And, you know, and Graham has even stated before that he's been accused of cherry-picking you know, what information he wants to use uh, you know, in his books to prove his point. Um, but the Magicians of the Gods, he gives you the other person's arguments. He quotes what the, what the people who are against him say, and he just completely obliterates them. You know? So with, with work like, like Graham Hancock talking about, uh, you know, number one, evidence of a, of a single cataclysm that virtually destroyed the whole planet. And beyond that, evidence of an advanced civilization that was here before that cataclysm over 12,000 years ago. The Maya, the Hopi, the Aztec, they talk about this being the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth world, sixth incarnation of man. You know, we've been here before and not in a reincarnation sense, but human civilizations have existed, wiped out, and then basically been reborn, come back out from hiding. The survivors have had to piece back together and, and do this again. And there's there's evidence of that. Now, Michael Cremo, he finds, you know, in, in his book, he finds evidence of modern, anatomically modern humans dating back over a million years, over one million years. But the modern accepted story is that Modern humans have existed, and I don't know what they're what they're saying. How far back anatomically modern humans go, I don't have that information in front of me. But basically, they say civilization emerged six thousand years ago. So not humans, not modern humans, but just civilization in you know the Mesopotamia Sumer area. And um, basically, you know, we went from hunter gatherers to all of a sudden we have cities, we have skyscrapers, we have uh, you know, laws, we have writing, you know, so all these different things are coming out overnight. Mankind just doesn't walk through the jungle one day and say, oh my gosh, let's build a skyscraper when they're they're barely, you know, finding berries to eat and to survive. It doesn't work that way. Now, even if you read uh, Terrence McKenna's book, uh, Food of the Gods, you know, he talks about basically the uh, the mushroom-eating ape, how they ate the psilocybin mushrooms and they gradually evolved through the consumption of psilocybin to get these greater, more creative ideas to realize their consciousness. Even that wouldn't account for the sudden emergence of civilization because, you know, it, it, it's still a, it was still a longer process. So it suggests one school of thought, the ancient astronaut theories, which I'm not discounting, I'm just not getting into all that stuff tonight, but one theory suggests... Uh, you know, and Zechariah Sitchin, you know, he's big for this, talks about <clears throat> uh, basically an alien race that came from another planet that came down and gave civilization to mankind. They instilled it upon them, whether it was a system of control or, or slavery. That Again, that's a whole different discussion. But that's what, you know, what, what part of this says. The other aspect of it is is that this advanced society that was on this planet 
was wiped out and then started to finally grow, have enough numbers of survivors that have reproduced enough, enough, and enough to begin to rebuild society. Now, in, in my opinion, what I think happened was I think that this civilization was wiped out. And it's not just a random thing. This is based on stuff I've read, stuff I've watched, stuff I've studied. But I think, and let me know what you think about this. You know, hit me, hit me up with a comment or an email. I think that society was wiped out, you know, based on Graham's book over 12,000 years ago. And I think that the, the, the elite, the elite class went underground into bunkers and held on to some of their technology and to their knowledge. And I think everybody else was left to fend for themselves and basically die. And I think that most of the world died. But there were survivors. And I think that those survivors were what we call the indigenous people of the world today. They have a level of understanding, a level of knowledge that we we are losing. But that knowledge, I think, is from the, you know, somewhat from the old world with the way their stories are of space brothers and the great, you know, uh, the great celestial event that came down and, and destroyed everything. You know, the world was destroyed by fire, the world was destroyed by water, whatever it is that their, their story says. They hold on to that knowledge of what happened. And they made it work. And over generations and generations and generations, the story got lost. And they, they lacked the vocabulary to talk about technology and civilization because they had become people of the earth, people of the land. They lived off the land. And they went back to zero, basically. And then these elite people who probably were in some fancy bunker somewhere in one of these under major underground civilizations that people are always talking about came up and they started to reteach the survivors what was lost they gave them cities they gave them laws they gave them writing they gave them skyscrapers they gave them religion now that could have all been as a part of a greater system of control which if you follow things as they're going today that would make a lot of sense wouldn't it you know they they're, they're basically you know the herd was thinned and now they've got the you know the herd is growing again so that we need to corral that herd before you know before harvesting basically keep them in line so how do you do that you give them just enough that you know it's going to keep them organized and, and motivated to do what you say and and i think that's that's what happened i think the native americans are the closest link that we have to you know um the truth and uh you know but these five books that are on my website I think that's an excellent starting point to, to look at them and, and understand that there is so much more to our history. Like I said, Michael Cremo has us back over a million years. Uh, you know, Zachariah Sitchin tells a great story of, of with his research based in, uh, you know, the, the Sumerian tablets and the Sumerian texts. So, and Graham Hancock, man, he's just such a powerful researcher uh, and a great storyteller. Uh, and, and there's another book that I snuck in there as well that, that you should appreciate that you're going to want to check out um, but there's just so much more to us and, and that's you know and, and speaking of that that story um, a, a buddy of mine on Facebook shared uh, the introduction to an 80's cartoon the other day and I was floored when I saw it because I remember seeing this cartoon 
but I never made the connection. It was a show called Thundar the Barbarian. Give me a like or something if, you, uh, if you've ever seen the show. You remember it. And uh, hopefully I can get my technology working. I won't be messed with anymore tonight. But in the, in the window, if you're watching the video cast, uh, I have a, um, a video of it playing. Hopefully that works. Otherwise, it is what it is. I'm sorry. But um, it, it's, it, he, they play the, it's the introduction to this cartoon. And the narrator says, and I'm going to read word for word what the narrator says. The year 1994. From out of space comes a runaway planet hurtling, uh, hurtling between the Earth and the Moon, unleashing cosmic destruction. Man's civilization is cast in ruin. 2,000 years later, Earth is reborn. A strange new world arises from the old. Wow! That was an, a cartoon in the 1980s. Come on, people. Think about this. Now, Graham Hancock's book, what he talked about is that it was a celestial event. Okay, Zachariah Sitchin talks about planet Nibiru that came close to Earth and, and caused all sorts of problems and cataclysms. Robert Morningsky talks about a, a big planet that came through and caused cataclysms. There's a lot of researchers out there that have pieced this evidence together. And now in a 1980s cartoon, they're saying it. And when you watch, the, for those of you just listening in the podcast on the iTunes or SoundCloud or you know, um, the cartoon shows a, a big red fiery object. You see, it looks like the planet Earth, but it's covered in like a white fog. And you see this object come between the Earth and the Moon. The Moon splits into two pieces, and that white fog around the Earth falls away. Is that in a magnetic field? Is that the atmosphere? I, I don't know, but it looks pretty scientific to me, even though it's a silly 80s cartoon based on stuff now that we're coming across. And then it says, the world was thrown into ruin. 2,000 years later, society reemerges. Well, where are we? We are 2,000 years later, okay? The year 2000. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I just think that's an odd coincidence. I'm not saying that society was destroyed 2,000 years ago, um, but that's you know the record keeping of modern history so I think that's a connection there uh, I think our, our uh, knowledge has been severely severely distorted Graham Hancock is credited with saying uh, we are a species with amnesia and uh, I don't think there's there's any truer words that could be said about this situation and that that's what I'm talking about with with I am human that's why that's why that book is free to read because I, I want to spark that thought. There's more to us than we realize. And we need to understand where we come from in order to know where we can go. And we need to do it now. And I'm not spreading fear. David Icke just addressed this the other day in one of his video casts. You know, he says he's been accused of spreading fear. And, and you know what? I don't think David Icke is that guy that spreads fear. He tells it how it is. He says stuff that might sound scary, which is what I might be doing here, saying something that might sound scary. But that doesn't mean I'm trying to scare you. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm trying to inform you. Because there's stuff we can do. I, I say that all the time. There's stuff we can do. That doesn't even have to be scary stuff. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we need to do it. The Earth's facing the sixth mass extinction. There's evidence that Fukushima is just killing all the all the marine life in the ocean. You know, um, what's going on with politics? How many different wars are we involved in? You know, 
covertly and overtly. I mean, the world is in a state of chaos. You know, are, are we coming up to the next extinction? Are we coming up to the next, you know, global cataclysm? I don't know. But do I think there's stuff we can do to prevent something like that? Absolutely. I, I, you know, if you're skeptical, read I Am Human and we are not who we think we are. Once we understand who we are, we can understand the power we have to influence our future. Go back, listen to my old, all the other podcasts in the archives. There's lots of suggestions that I have in there. This doesn't have to be scary stuff. You don't have to be afraid. I, I, I could go on forever. I want to just give one more quick story and then, I'll, and then I'm going to be done. <clears throat> I, I saw another commercial today on, on Facebook. Uh, for the new movie coming out, I think Seth Rogen was the writer. It's called Sausage Party. And it starts out, and it's just this really happy movie of food in the grocery store. And they're talking about how excited they are that they've been chosen. They compare it to God. You know, oh, God, he's finally had us been selected by a human. And the human picks up all the food and puts it in the shopping cart. And they're partying. They're celebrating. They get back to the kitchen, and they're in their packages. And they're all sorts of excited and praising everything. And the potato gets picked up, and they're they're so happy for this potato. And all of a sudden, the human starts skinning that potato alive. And, and all the food is horrified. They're screaming, oh my gosh, this is horrible. They were believing they were basically in heaven. They were saved. And all of a sudden, they find out, no, oh, we're really in hell. And uh, that reminds me of what I, what I wrote in, uh, in my first book, Service. And I was parrot doing a parody off of, or playing on the words from uh, The Usual Suspects with Kaiser Sose. And what they said in that movie was the greatest trick the devil performed was convincing his followers that he didn't exist. <clears throat> what I say is the greatest trick the devil ever performed is convincing his followers that he was God. And that's kind of what happens in this in this uh, movie, it looks like. And you know, it goes on for them trying to escape humans and understand that, you know, oh my gosh, we are food. And that's what I'm talking about in my books. You know, and I've been doing some uh, some research, some Google research for keywords trying to promote this project. <coughs> Excuse me. Not a lot of people searching for this stuff every month. There's really not. So I understand I may sound a little bit cuckoo, but at, at this point, I, I don't care. I watched what my father went through. I've done the research for Food for the Archons. I know I have, at the very least, a strong argument to say, hey, we're not at the top of the food chain. There's something that's feeding on us. We've been fed lies to keep us docile and complacent for this harvesting that happens. <clears throat> Whoa, Dennis, you're scaring us. It does sound scary. When I first saw it, came across this information, I thought, this is a hopeless case. But the more research I do, I found out that these things seem like nothing more than a pain in the ass parasite. Now, we have parasites in our bodies all the time. A mosquito is a parasite. It lands on our arm. If we get the timing right, smack it. It's gone. It's dead. Okay? <clears throat> all we have to do is stop feeding the parasite and we can starve it out. And I talk about a lot of that stuff in Food for the Archons. So, I am human. We are not who we think we are. Paints the picture. I can go on forever. That's a whole different show. Just something that I found interesting. Something for you to think about. I'd love to know your thoughts about it. If you could, you know, give me a comment. Send me an email. And what would really help me out, <clears throat> I'm a one-man operation here right now. 
Also, I'm asking is that you share my links, you know, on Facebook, on social media, on Google, and any other forums that you belong to. Hey, what do you think of this topic? This, you know, this crazy guy's talking about this stuff. And share the link to the show or to something because that really helps get the word out. It helps the show raise and rankings. And I hate to put that on all of you, but I need some help. You know, like I said, it was a rough week uh, and I really had to dig deep um, because I've got a lot going on. Not to complain to you guys, but uh, I'm doing the show. You know, even though it was my commitment was tested this week. Um, not because I don't love doing the show, but because I have a lot of other things that are going on. But I think this information is important. Not that I'm important. Not that I'm anything special for finding this information. But I have it, and I feel the need to share it. And I hope that one of you out there can do something really wonderful with that information. So if you could share my stuff, uh, I'd appreciate it if you enjoy the show. <clears throat> I'm going to stop whining to you guys now. I have no voice left whatsoever. I need to get to bed because tomorrow I have a lot of work to do once again to uh, you know, keep things moving, keep the ball rolling. So uh, check us out, SoundCloud, iTunes, on YouTube. We have a, uh, a YouTube channel as well. Just go to servicetochange.com and you can find them all, all the links there. And you'll also find the uh, the article I'm talking about. Please check that article out. I had the five books that I think are worth your time that will completely rewrite history. Uh, check out the books. You know, if you buy them, just click on the links through through my page. That that'll help me out. There are affiliate links. Uh, I'd really appreciate that as well. Um, but these books are, you know, they're they're great books. I, I've read the books that are on here, and they're well. Well worth your time if you enjoyed anything that I talked about on this show. Uh, I'm really out of time at this point. Again, I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Seekers.